edition of With All Due Respect. Strong opinions on politics, life, and entertainment. Politics, life, entertainment. Politics, life, entertainment. Welcome to another episode of With All Due Respect, the podcast that's Keeping your head above water, making a wave when you can. Ain't we lucky we got them? Good times. Greetings, I'm your host, Norman Lear, for this prestigious podcast. With me, as always, is my main man, my go-to with the no-to, Mr. Van Sanders. Mr. Sanders, today's category is 1970s catchphrases. Please name for us the top catchphrase of the 1970s. Dynamite! Correct, Mr. Sanders. The judges also would have accepted Kiss My Grits, Bookem Dano, or A. So, Mr. Sanders, what is new in the Abu Dhabi lab lately? We have not checked in. What's going on? Oh, you know, some 3D jobs I'm closing, a couple logos. Um, working on the visual component for this show. So, Excellent. Always good to hear an update. we got a lot of good things going on in the next month. As always, we'd like to thank the Anchorage Daily News for hosting this podcast on their platform and remind listeners that the very, very, very strong opinions you hear on this program are mine and mine alone and in no way, shape, and form represent the opinions of the Anchorage Daily News or their employees. On today's episode of With All Due Respect, in politics, Alaska's COVID surge continues to overwhelm Alaska's health care system while leadership is nowhere to be found. While Governor Dunleavy has taken a vow of silence, Anchorage's Mayor Dave Bronson, faced with a growing COVID crisis, hosts a pep rally for COVID deniers, anti-maskers, and anti-vaxxers. But while COVID is stealing the headlines, a threat is emerging in the backdrop of City Hall. Only 90 days into his term, the Bronson administration is on track to become the least ethical administration in recent history. After three months in office, Bronson's administration is already rife with conflict of interest and questionable legal and ethical behavior. Today, we're going to dive deeper into his homeless shelter proposal. In entertainment, this week in New York City, they opened a high-tech exhibit to celebrate the great street fashion photographer Bill Cunningham. Since few of us will be traveling to New York City before the show closes next month, we offer you a viable alternative to enjoying this amazing gentleman's life. And in closing comments, it's the economy, stupid. Alaska labor figures are out for August, and they show zero job growth. COVID is truly taking a toll on the economy. So we're going to talk about how the lack of COVID response is not only killing Alaskans, but our economy as well. All right, so let's get it started by talking some politics. And now, for some politics. Alaska's surge of COVID is currently the worst in the country. Alaska's case rate is now the highest in the nation. The situation is so bad in Anchorage, it prompted a full-page appeal from the leaders at Alaska's largest hospital, and it's prompted a steady stream of public emotional pleas from ER doctors and nurses. 
Meanwhile, the commanders at J-Bear announced a public emergency, with a senior military commander saying, Unfortunately, the lack of mitigation measures off-base has resulted in an alarmingly high infection rate, hospitalization, and death in our community. Current COVID cases on J-Bear have not yet reached the point of jeopardizing our readiness, but they are rising, the commander said. Our data shows that off-base exposure is the primary source of infection for our service members and their families. So the failure of Mayor Dave Bronson to enact any mitigation efforts to stem the tide of transmission has forced both civilian and military populations into emergency situations. How ironic is it that the two people leading the city of Anchorage, Mayor Bronson and Craig Campbell, are both Air Force veterans, and yet their negligence is on the verge of putting military readiness in jeopardy? Okay, so let's do a quick COVID scorecard check. We lead the nation in cases of COVID? Check. Impassioned public pleas from healthcare professionals? Check. Jay Bear declared health emergency and are worried about their military readiness? Check. So with all of the lights blinking danger, danger, what do you think Mayor Dave Bronson did? Well, Mayor Dave Bronson spent last Saturday cheerleading with anti-vaskers and anti-maskers in the assembly chambers. On Saturday morning, dozens showed up to complain about vaccine mandates and to generally call the entire pandemic a fraud. Bronson attended the meeting along with his city manager and his HR director, who all took turns stoking the crowd and playing to their ignorance. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please just just hear me out. Last week, Mayor Dave Bronson, in the midst of the most devastating crisis this city has ever faced, said publicly, what more can we do? Then days later, he goes out and plays head cheerleader for the unvaccinated crowd who are exactly the demographic that's driving the COVID cases higher. The COVID pep rally included chiropractors, billers, schedulers, and technicians. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were mayor during a public health crisis where your continued lack of action has created emergency situations for both military and civilian populations, where, where, pray tell, would you spend your time? Would you spend your time, A, listening to a bunch of chiropractors, billers, schedule and technicians complaining about their employer's vaccination policies and that COVID is a myth and that hospitals are lying? Or, B, would you rather spend your time listening to emergency room doctors, infectious disease doctors, hospital chiefs of staff, and nursing supervisors about dying patients due to the COVID surge in unvaccinated patients? Unfortunately, Mayor Dave Bronson chose A and decided to spend his Saturday morning showing support and encouragement for the accounts payable clerk from a local chiropractor's office who thought COVID was a myth and the hospitals are lying about patients. Twice over the last week, Bronson continued to mislead the public about medical professionals quitting, claiming droves of nurses are quitting due to the vaccine and the vaccine mandates. Ladies and gentlemen, there are almost 21,000 healthcare workers in Anchorage. And the directors of Providence, the Alaska Native Medical Center, South Central Foundation, all have said unequivocally, nurses are not quitting because of the vaccine mandates. They're quitting because they are so overwhelmed, overworked, and just mentally exhausted from all of these COVID patients. I mean, for God's sakes, it's one thing to pass on getting the vaccine like Mayor Bronson did. But to question its efficacy after 360,000 Alaskans have taken the vaccine with no problems and then to show up on city property and cheerlead against the vaccine while promoting a false narrative about the severity of the virus. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's beyond negligence. However, 
deep breath, the deadly COVID tragedy that's plaguing Anchorage that Bronson is ignoring is not the only fatal flaw to this administration. Bronson's administration has been busy not only compromising public health and military readiness, but he has been quite busy compromising ethics. If we all remember back to this spring, the other major campaign issue Dave Bronson campaigned on was the homeless situation. Now, over the last couple of months, we've talked a lot about the mayor's mega shelter proposal. So just a quick recap. In July, the mayor proposed a mega shelter to house 450 to 800 homeless. The proposed shelter and its 35% design completion were submitted to the assembly and was turned down twice. Now, just a little bit of background here. Usually when you're proposing a project, you show a 35% design and then the rest is completed after approval. So what the assembly saw was the assembly saw the 35% design completion for Mayor Dave Bronson's mega homeless shelter, and they turned it down twice. So what this did was this gave way to a facilitated process which included an agreement to seek an engineering analysis on Bronson's shelter proposal. And it also included an agreement to refrain from speaking publicly about the process. Well, Mayor Bronson, of course, couldn't help himself. He broke the deal by making a social media post that complained about the process. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you last month that Mayor Bronson was not interested in honest negotiations, and it certainly didn't take long for him to prove my point. Now, let's get back to the proposal because this is very important. As I said earlier, part of the facilitation agreement was a structural review of Bronson's proposed mega shelter. The independent analysis has shown that the mayor's proposal didn't meet structural requirements in terms of seismic safety, snow load, and wind as the project was proposed. The company who designed the shelter, of course, refuted the analysis and then turned around and accused Assemblymember Chris Constant of liable when he mentioned the report findings in the press. So with everything the Bronson administration has done in the last 90 days, it's once again a question of who do you believe? A local Alaskan contractor on a straightforward time and materials contract or the out-of-state company who benefits from the sale of a multi-million dollar shelter? So, the mega shelter proposed by Mayor Bronson that he had put before the assembly had no bottom line, had no spreadsheet detail on cost, and actually we know today wasn't even permittable as it was presented. If the Anchorage Assembly would have approved Bronson's shelter plan as he presented it, local taxpayers would have faced an endless stream of change orders driving the cost toward upwards. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this was another SAP like from the last conservative mayor. Remember that? It's going to be a $9 million project. Five years later, it was a $70 million project. But the cost of Bronson's facility and the risk to taxpayers isn't the only thing worrisome about this proposal. If you'll remember, the mega shelter was proposed immediately after the mayor was sworn in. In fact, a San Francisco firm said they had been working with the administration since June. Since June, Bronson didn't get sworn in until July. There was no Bronson administration in June when this company started working on this project. And since the assembly hasn't allocated one dime towards the planning or design of this structure, who is paying for all the design work? Who has been paying for the bills for the design and engineering of the mega shelter? Now, traditionally, the project process would begin with the mayor and the assembly agreeing on a path forward and then creating a competitive bid to ensure taxpayers are protected. But there has been nothing competitive at all about this process. In fact, I have no idea how the shelter process got this far without a competitive process. Enter Dr. John Morris, Mayor Bronson's homeless coordinator. While the Assembly has neither authorized nor appropriated any money for the design of this project, it turns out this effort has so far been funded by Morris himself. You remember Dr. John Morris, the anesthesiologist-turned-homeless coordinator? 
Well, it has emerged from many as the opinion that getting this mega shelter is his only focus. In fact, it was made clear last week when during problems with the contractor handoff at the current mega shelter, the Sullivan Arena, Morris was nowhere around. Now, you'd think that the homeless coordinator who is in charge of homeless coordination would have ensured a better handoff between shelter providers, especially because the Sullivan Arena is a city facility and the contract is a city contract. But Morris apparently was nowhere around. In fact, many observers have come to realize Morris's job has pretty much has been limited to pimping his mega shelter proposal, conflicts of interest and all. His introduction of this proposal raises significant legal and financial questions. How do these folks get chosen? Is there a contract? If there's a contract, who is it between, especially since the assembly hasn't appropriated one dime for this project? Who pays for the necessary design alterations, especially since the design was unsolicited by taxpayers? And, more importantly, what is the future procurement plan? Because normally and legally, these things are sourced by a competitive bid through an organized RFP process, rather than have them walked in the door by a political appointee. And ladies and gentlemen, after all this, as it stands now, there is a very big problem for Bronson, Morris, and their handpicked contractor. Now that the contractor has done the 35% work, city procurement rules forbid them from bidding on the actual project because they would have an unfair competitive advantage. For instance, the company that did the analysis on Bronson's mega shelter design through the facilitated process, because they did the analysis, now they're not able to do work on the actual project. So according to the law, in any code-abiding administration, their hand-picked contractor would not be allowed to bid on the actual project because they already specced out 35% of the project and would have an unfair competitive advantage. So what happens next? Does this process get righted by following the procurement code? Or does Bronson's administration try and end run around the code? Ladies and gentlemen, I would suggest for the next three years you keep your eye on procurement and budgeting with this administration. Think about this. Smoke and mirrors. Procurement and budgeting. So even after only 90 days, there is so much wreckage to sift through with this administration. And unfortunately, the mayor's failures with COVID and his proposed mega shelter aren't the end of his problems. Last week, a whistleblower complaint was made public after Mayor Bronson fired the head of the city's real estate department and hired one of his unqualified cronies. Now, in order to understand this in context, we need a history lesson. Yo, Van, hit me up one time. A history lesson. Six years ago, under Mayor Ethan Berkowitz, the municipality and the Rasmussen Foundation came to an agreement that the MOA would combine the land bank director with a chief housing officer and the foundation would pay the salary. The previous director, the legendary Robin Ward, just one of my all-time favorite people, she retired in June, this creating a vacancy. So to fill the position... Bronson recently appointed Jim Weingartner into the position of chief housing officer. However, Weingartner was nowhere near qualified for the position. Since Weingartner wasn't qualified, the Rasmussen Foundation said they wouldn't fund the position. So Bronson figured, fine, I'll just make him the HLB director. However, since the two positions were combined under the Berkowitz administration and was being paid by a third party, there was no money plugged into the city budgets to fund Weingartner. So since there was no money to fund Weingartner, the mayor fired the existing real estate director and replaced her with Weingartner, who had already been deemed not qualified for that job as well. By the way, remember Robert Marbutt? Remember him, the controversial homeless consultant Mayor Bronson hired over two months ago? Yeah, well, there's still no public contract. We don't know what taxpayers are paying him to do. No idea. 
He's been on the job over two months. Nobody knows how much he's getting paid or what the dude's getting paid for. Ladies and gentlemen, the last 90 days under Mayor Dave Bronson have been rife with cronyism and ethics lapses. They have crossed the line into gray areas that get darker by the day, making everything that comes out of the Bronson administration questionable. So let's review. COVID continues to ravage Anchorage while the mayor hosts pep rallies for anti-vaxxers. Anchorage's economy failed to gain any jobs last month. The mayor's homeless shelter is wrapped up in questionable political dealings, all while the mayor's staff appointments have been one controversy after another. So let's look ahead. The mayor will drop his budget on October 1st, and these are the key things to look for. Every new organization presents a restructuring for efficiencies, new executive positions, etc., etc. So this is what I think we should all look out for. Take a look at his new executive positions. Bronson has already told departments to cut 5%, so they want to say they've been able to hold the budget, but they've added more expensive positions. For instance, look at Craig Campbell's position. I doubt he's taken a pay cut, so with Sammy Graham, now the chief of staff, quote-unquote, that's another six-figure salary. Speaking of Craig Campbell and his $130,000 a year salary, do you know how he is spending his days? At a time when the city is on fire, Craig Campbell took time to write a lengthy opinion piece on the Assembly's seating chart. With COVID running rampant, our military neighbors declaring an emergency, the Bronson administration rife with ethical and legal questions, Mayor Bronson's right-hand man is angry about the seating chart at assembly meetings. In closing, let me just say this. This is no longer about Bronson's administration being incompetent. This is now about Bronson's administration being morally bankrupt and ethically challenged. And now... All right, let's talk some entertainment. The late Bill Cunningham, infamous for gliding across Manhattan on his bicycle, is largely considered one of fashion's greatest street photographers. This week in New York City, he is being celebrated with the opening of The Times of Bill Cunningham at the South Street Seaport. Cunningham captured New York's ever-changing landscape and subcultures like Upper East Side Grand Dames, Funky Lower East Side Clubgoers, and women of the 80s speedwalking to work in sneakers and pleated skirts. The entire experience of the Times of Bill Cunningham unfolds over two floors and 18,000 square feet. Now, since there is an outside chance that you and I both will not make it to New York City, this podcast has you covered. Bill Cunningham, New York. The documentary is available on Netflix. This podcast has always been a big fan of Bill Cunningham's work and look forward to his photo layouts in the Sunday New York Times. Cunningham didn't lead a conventional personal life. He cycled everywhere. He lived in a small cramped apartment in the Carnegie Hall Studios. But his heartwarming story and the love for the people of New York and just his eye of fashion is just amazing. And it's just he's just such a great, enjoyable person. Again, ladies and gentlemen, the documentary is called Bill Cunningham, New York, and it's available on Netflix. Politics, life, entertainment. In closing comments, it's the economy, stupid. Alaska's August employment numbers are in and they are not good. Alaska's economy remains 30,000 jobs less than 2019, with no job growth in August. Oil and gas employment, a key indicator for Alaska's economy, checked in at 6,800 total jobs, which is still 400 jobs below last August and 3,300 jobs under August of 2019. 
Currently, Alaska ranks 48th in employment recovery out of 50 states. So let's wrap all of this up with a nice bow to see how it all looks together. Alaska ranks first in the country for per capita infection rates of COVID, while at the same time, Alaska ranks near last in the country for employment recovery. Meanwhile, Governor Mike Dunleavy has taken a vow of silence on vaccinations while his constituents die. And Anchorage Mayor Delta Dave Bronson is holding pep rallies opposing vaccinations while his constituents die. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll say it once again. There is always a tipping point in politics. There is always a tipping point in public opinion. Always. So both the governor and the mayor should look around and remember there is a big difference between leading the parade and getting run out of town. And there is the music, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Remember, our podcasts are new on Thursday. You can subscribe to them on your favorite platforms or check them out on the Anchorage Daily News website. Van, how about throwing us your website details? Yeah, thanks, man. If you guys visit abodabobrand.com, A-B-O-D-A-B-O-B-R-A-N-D.com, you can see my portfolio, links to other materials that I've put together, and reach out to me if you want to collaborate on something cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. 